Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman, member by Ram Goldai, and today Masechah's Gittin Daf Nun, the fifth parak Hanizokin. The Zichud Masechah's Gittin program has been generously sponsored by Zichud Nishmas Chaya Hadas Basender. So the few times we're going to focus on number one, the Mishnah on Daf Memches on the base Tad, that one may only collect from orphans ziburis, regardless of the type of obligation. Rav Achadvoy Bar Ami asked, Yisumi Amru Katanim or Afil Gadoim? The orphans about whom they spoke, do they mean? Only minors or even adults. He explains, Is this an enactment of the rabbis for orphans to allow them to pay with ziboris so the creditors, and not they, will bear the difficulty of selling the less desirable field? If so, the leniency only applies to minors who are incapable of selling land themselves, but not to adults. Or perhaps the reason for collecting from orphans ziboris is that although a lender was generally enabled to collect from Benunis, so he should not refrain from lending, this is unnecessary in the case of orphans. Because doesn't occur to the potential lender that the borrower may die and the property will fall to the orphans. Because he doesn't consider this possibility, he will lend money even if he would only collect from Ziboris. Therefore, even from adult orphans, one could only collect Ziboris. The Gemara concludes that the ruling applies equally to adult orphans. Point number two, the Mishnah Daf Memches Memchez One cannot collect from properties which were sold to someone else where there are unsold properties available to collect, even where this forces him to receive lower grade property than his entitlement. Rabbi Bar Ami asked, but Matana Heyoch, what's the law regarding property that the debtor gave as a gift? Can a creditor collect from this average gifted property, even where the debtor has unsold property of a lower grade? He explains, was the enactment which required collecting from unsold properties made because of the loss to purchasers of a matana But in the case of a gift where there is no purchaser's loss because the gift recipient paid nothing, there is no enactment protecting his land from collection. Or perhaps we say, If the debtor had not received some benefit from the gift recipient, he would not have given him a gift. Therefore, a gift is comparable to a purchaser's loss. The more attempts to resolve the question from a brisa. And pointing with the admission of Memchas taught that although a buyer whose purchase land was later discovered to have been stolen by the seller may collect the purchase price from properties which the seller had subsequently sold, produce which grew in the field after the purchase can only be collected from the seller's own property. Two explanations are given here. Ula said in the name of Reish Lakish, Lefisha and Ksuvin, because they're not written in the original purchase contract. Purchasers can normally protect themselves from collection by leaving the seller with enough property for potential debts they are aware of, such as the purchase price publicized by a contract. Produce which grew subsequently, which was not recorded in the contract, is not known to buyers and they cannot protect themselves. Rabbi Hanina gave another reason, Levisha and Kitsuving, because the amount of potential produce is not fixed. Purchasers cannot protect themselves from later collections if they have no way of knowing how much property to leave with the seller. Therefore, produce can only be collected from the seller himself. The Gemara discusses the Rebbechina means to add to Reish Lakish's requirement of being written or replace it. So once again, the three points are number one, the Mishan Daf Memches Amabes taught that one may only collect from orphans Ziburis regardless of the type of obligation. Rav Achadvoy Bar Ami asked, The orphans about whom they spoke, do they mean only minors or even adults? He explains, Is this an enactment of the rabbis for orphans to allow them to pay with Ziburis so the creditors, and not they, will bear the difficulty of selling the less desirable field? If so, the leniency only applies to minors who are incapable of selling 
buying land themselves, but not to adults, or perhaps the reason for collecting from orphans Ziburis is that although a lender was generally enabled to collect from Benunis, so he should not refrain from lending, this is unnecessary in the case of orphans, because it doesn't occur to the potential lender that the borrower may die and the property will fall to the orphans. Because he doesn't consider this possibility, he will lend money even if he would only collect from Ziburis. Therefore, even from adult orphans, one could only collect Ziboris. The Gemara concludes that the ruling applies equally to adult orphans. Point number two, the Mishnah Daf Memches Mebesa taught, One cannot collect from properties which were sold to someone else, where there are unsold properties available to collect, even where this forces him to receive lower grade property than his entitlement. Rabbi Bar Ami asked, but Matana Heyoch, what's the law regarding property that the debtor gave as a gift? Can a creditor collect from this average gifted property, even where the debtor has unsold property of a lower grade? He explains, was the enactment which required collecting from unsold properties made because of the loss to purchasers of a matana de low? But in the case of a gift where there is no purchaser's loss because the gift recipient paid nothing, there is no enactment protecting his land from collection. Or perhaps we say, if the debtor had not received some benefit from the gift recipient, he would not have given him a gift. Therefore, a gift is comparable to a purchaser's loss. The more attempts to resolve the question from a brisa. And point number three, the Mishnah Daf Memchas Amabes taught that although a buyer whose purchase land was later discovered to have been stolen by the seller may collect the purchase price from properties which the seller had subsequently sold, produce which grew in the field after the purchase can only be collected from the seller's own property. Two explanations are given here. Ula said in the name of Reish Lakish, Lefisha and Ksuvim, because they're not written in the original purchase contract. Purchasers can normally protect themselves from collection by leaving the seller with enough property for potential debts they are aware of, such as the purchase price publicized by a contract. Produce which grew subsequently, which was not recorded in the contract, is not known to buyers and they cannot protect themselves. Rabbi Chanina gave another reason, Levisha and Katsuvim, because the amount of potential produce is not fixed. Purchasers cannot protect themselves from later collections if they have no way of knowing how much property to leave with the seller. Therefore, produce can only be collected from the seller himself. The Gemara discusses the Rebbechina means to add to Reish Lakish's requirement of being written or replace it. Alright, so now we got our Simmer Daf Nun, and our standard Simmon is a non-stop flight. A non-stop flight on an airplane. So here goes. The disappointed Balkov, who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane, to identify the Ziboris land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, flew over some gifted Bainini's properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Ziboris fields, and noticed a buyer of a stolen field down below collect compensation for the seller for the produce that was seized after his purchase. Once again, slow motion. The disappointed Balkhov who was on a non-stop flight, non-stop flight, that must be on Duff. None. The disappointed Balkhov who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, which reminds us, the Gemara concludes that the restriction to only collect Ziburi's from Yasomim includes adult Yasomim. So the disappointed Balkhov who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim flew over some gifted Bainini's properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Ziburi's field. Which reminds Ravakot Vaibar Ami asked, can a creditor collect from 
certain gifted properties where unsold properties are available. He explains, was the enactment which required collection from unsold properties made because of the loss of purchasers? But in the case of a gift where there is no purchaser's loss because the gift recipient paid nothing, there is no enactment protecting his land from collection. Or perhaps we say if the debtor had not received some benefit from the gift recipient, he would not have given him a gift. Therefore, matana is considered like a pseda a purchaser's loss. So, the disappointed Balkov, who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Ziburi's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, flew over some gifted Bainanese properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Ziburi's fields, and noticed a buyer of a stone field down below collect compensation from the seller for the produce that was seized after his purchase, which reminds us, the Mishan Daf Memeches Amabes taught that although a buyer whose purchase land was later discovered to have been stolen by the seller may collect the purchase price from properties which the seller had subsequently sold, produce which grew in the field after the purchase can only be collected from the seller's own property. Two explanations are given here. Ula said in the name of Reish Lankish, Lefisha and Kasubim, because they're not written in the original purchase contract. Bechina said Lefisha and Kasubim, because the amount of potential produce is not fixed. Purchasers cannot protect themselves from later collections if they have no way of knowing how much property to leave with the seller. Therefore, produce can only be collected from the seller himself. So once again, the disappointed Balkhov, who was on a non-stop flight in a small green airplane to identify the Zibori's land he was going to collect from adult Yasomim, flew over some gifted Bainanese properties he couldn't collect from another debtor who had some unsold Zibori's fields, and noticed a buyer of a stone field down below collect compensation from the seller for the produce that was seized after his purchase. All right, so now it's time for four blah blah chazar. Duff mem vav. So the simmer duff mem vav is a cow that goes moo. So here goes. The woman sent away riding on a green cow. Cow, that must be on duff mem vav. Moo. The woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced her because of a bad reputation, which reminds us, the mission of the previous daf taught that one who divorces his wife because of shemra, a bad reputation, meaning rumors of adultery, or because she made a netter, and he doesn't want a wife who makes a him, he may not remarry her thereafter. Two reasons emerge from the Gemara. In one version, Rav Nachman said the reason he cannot remarry is Mishim Kilkula, because of the ruin the husband may cause her after she remarries. In the second version, Rav Nachman said the husband must tell his wife he's divorcing her because of the rumors of the netter. He holds the reason he cannot remarry her is so that Jewish women should not be lawless regarding illicit relations and nadarim. Therefore, he must explain why she's being divorced, but he can't remarry her regardless. So the woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced her because of a bad reputation, passed by some Jewish leaders making a public vow to what looked like a group of non-Jewish distant travelers, which reminds us, Rishubin Levi explains from Yudah's source that a publicly known netter cannot be annulled is based on the fact that Bnei Israel did not strike the gimonim, because the leaders of the congregation sworn to them when they falsely presented themselves as distant travelers. Yudah understands that the reason they observed the oath, rather than annulling it, was because it was known publicly and could not be annulled. The Rabban responded that the oath was never effective in the first place since it was made under false pretenses. The only reason they didn't kill them was because of Kedusha's Hashem, the sanctification of Hashem's name, so idolaters should not say the Jews violate the rose. So the woman sent away riding on a green cow by her husband, who divorced her because of a bad reputation, passed by some Jewish leaders making a public vow to what looked like a group of non-Jewish distant travelers, who owned a Jewish man who sold himself and his sons to them three times in a row and could no longer be redeemed. Which reminds us, the last mission on the Duff states, One who sells himself and his sons to idolaters, we do not redeem him 
or his sons. But we redeem the sons after the father's death. Ravasi says, This is so where he sold himself, repeated it after being redeemed, and did so a third time. He's not redeemed again because he'll continue to sell himself, relying on the community to redeem him. Daf Mem Zayin. So the similar Daf Mem Zayin is a maze. So here goes. The group of cannibals running through the green maze. Maze. That must be learned Daf Mem Zayin. The group of cannibals running through the green maze being chased by a rabbi, swinging his knotted bag with a hardball in it, which reminds us, the Gemara tells us of the man who sold himself to cannibals who was discovered to be Yisrael Mumer, and how Rish Lakish killed the cannibals by tricking them and swinging his bag with a hardball in it. So the group of cannibals running through the green maze being chased by a rabbi, swinging his knotted bag with a hardball in it, fell into pits that an idolater was permitted to dig, which reminds the more brings him out about an idolater's purchase of land in Israel regarding exempting from miser and digging pits. So the group of cannibals running through the green maze being chased by a rabbi, swinging his knotted bag with a hardball in it, fell into pits that an idolater was permitted to dig, and never made to the end where buyers of rights to produce were joyously bringing their bikurim and reciting the psukim, which reminds us the Gemara says, Hamocher Sedeilo Peros, one who sells his field regarding rights for its produce. Rabbi Yochanan says, Mevi Bekore, the buyer brings Bikurim and recites the Bikurim Psukim. Reish Lakish says, Mevi Ve'eno Kore, he brings Bikurim but does not recite the Psukim. The more explains that Rabbi Yochanan holds, Kenyan Peros Kenyan Akuftami, the ownership of rights to something's produce is tantamount to ownership of the principle itself. Therefore, he can write the Psukim, which include, quote, the land which you have given me. Reish Lakish holds that ownership of the rights to the land's produce is not like owning the land itself, and therefore, Cannot recite the Bzukim. Daf Memches. So the Simmer Daf Memches is a brainiac. So here goes. The brainiac, brainiac, that must be more on Daf. Memchas, Brainiacs. The Brainiac at the Going Green Conference, who just presented his thesis on the recitation of Bikurim Psukim by the purchaser of land during Yovel, based on his brother's dividing inheritance of land theory, which reminds the Gemara says that Rabbi Yochan Mishakish followed the positions if Kenyan Paris could Kenyan Goof in a second case. Hamokhar Sadeu Bismansha Yovel Noeg, one who sells his field during a time when Yovel is in force, Rabbi Yochanan says the buyer brings Bikurim and recites the Psukim, and Rishakish says he cannot recite them. Since the buyer will have to return the field in Yovel, his ownership is essentially only a right to its produce. Rabbi Yosef demonstrates Rabbi Yochan's opinion is reflected in his position that Achin Shechalku Lukuchosen, brothers who divide an inheritance, are considered buyers of their portions. So the Brainiac the Going Green Conference, who just presented his thesis on the recitation of Bikurim Psukim by a purchaser of land during Yovel, based on his brother's dividing inheritance of land theory, was overshadowed by the Brainiac proudly showing off his three different grade lands for different types of creditors chart, which reminds us the fifth paragraph begins, Hanizakin Shaming Lahem Beidis. Losses of damaged parties are assessed and then paid with superior quality of land of the responsible party, and a creditor of a standard debt, such as a loan, is paid with average land, Uksubas and a woman's ksuba is paid with inferior land. Ramirez says even a woman's ksuba is paid with bananese. So the Brainiac at the Going Green Conference, who just presented his thesis on the recitation of Bikurim Psukim by a purchaser of land during Yovel, based on his brother's dividing inheritance of land theory, was overshadowed by the Brainiac proudly showing off his three different grade lands for different types of creditors chart, who explained the Talmudic discourse whether Edis is assessed based on the property of the Nizak. Or mazik, which reminds the Gemara brings the Malchukas where Bishmon Rekiva how Edis is assessed for damages, if b'demazik shaminin or b'denizak shaminin, whether it's assessed according to the damager's property or whether it's assessed according to the damaged party's properties. Daf mem test. So the simon daf mem test is meat, and we often use a butcher in the simon. So here goes the butcher, butcher. That must be one daf mem test. Meat butcher. 
The butcher with the green apron who was visibly upset when the ox he was going to shech scored an ox of hectish requiring to pay from his edis, which reminds us, Rabbi Kiva holds like Rabbi Manasi who said, Shoshal hectish shenagu shoshal hedya pater. If a hectish's ox gores a commoner's ox, hectish is pater from paying. Vishal hedyot shenagu shoshal hectish. But if a commoner's ox gores hectish's ox, bein tam ubein muad, whether his ox was a tam or a muad, mishalm nezek shalm, he pays full damages to hectish. He interprets the drasha of shore ehu as teaching that the distinction to pay half damages for a tam only applies to a friend's ox, but damages to Hector's ox are always paid in full. So the butcher with the green apron, who was visibly upset when the ox he was going to shecht court an ox of Hectish, requiring him to pay from his edis a derisa payment that dissuaded some local gazlanim and chamsanim from their pursuits, which reminds us, although the payment from edis is actually a derisa, Rabbi Shimon hid the darish time of the cry. It is the opinion Rabbi Shimon usually darshans the reasoning of the Pasuk, and he's saying the Torah required paying damages from edis for a tikkun olam. In a brace, he explains the benefit because of robbers and extortioners. So a man will say, why should I steal or why should I extort? Tomorrow, Basin will come and seize my property and take away my best field. So the butcher with the green apron, who was visibly upset when the ox he was going to shecht, Gordon Ox of Hectish, requiring him to pay from his edis, a derisa payment that dissuaded some local gazlanim and chamsanim from their pursuits, was jealous when he heard some yosomim telling Amana she could only collect her ksuba, from Ziburis, which reminds us. The Quran explains that there's an additional Chiddush in teaching that Aksuba is collected from an orphan Ziburis. I might think that because of favor, as Rashi explains, better collections rights as an incentive for a woman to marry, the rabbis were making a ladder to collect from Bainanis. The Mishnah teaches that this isn't so, and that even Aksuba is collected from Yusom Ziburis. There's a Malchogs whether she collects from Bainanis or Ziburis when it comes to collecting her Aksuba from her husband. All right, so now it's time to conclude with our pop quiz of 10 questions. Number one, which step do you want? According to Rabbi Shimon, Edis is a derisive payment for Tikkun Olam to dissuade Gazlanim and Chamsanim from their pursuits. That's on Daf. Memtas. Good number two, which step do you want? Why one who divorces because of his wife's bad reputation or nether cannot remarry her. That's on Daf. Memvav. Good number three. Which stuff did the Gemara conclude that the restriction to only collect Ziburis from Yusomim includes adult Yusomim? That's on Duff. None. Good. Number four. Which stuff did the mission introduce three different great lands paid to three different types of creditors? The Nizik, the Balchov, and for Ksubas Isha. That's on Duff. Memchas. Good number five. Which stuff are two explanations given as to why produce which grew in a stolen field can only be collected from the seller's own property? That's on Duff. None. Good number six. Which stuff we have if Kenyan parents could Kenyan group regarding bringing Bikurim and reciting the Bikurim Psukim? That's on Duff. Memzine. Good number seven. Which stuff do when the one is high full payment when his ox gores an ox of Hectish? That's on Duff. Memtas. Good number eight. Which stuff we have a question of a Balchov can collect from gifted properties where unsold properties are still available? That's on Duff. None. Good number nine. Wish that they were a slave who was forcibly taken by an idolater as collection on a debt. The Adam does not have a chiv to buy him back and set him free. That's on Duff. Memdal. Good number ten. Wish that we discuss redeeming one who sold himself and his sons to idolaters three times. That's on Duff. Memdal. Excellent. That concludes today's shir. This is everybody. Ram Gold Wishing you a great day and great learning.